The following presentation is presented by the University of North Carolina Department of Orthopedics. It is delivered by Douglas Derschel, Chairman of the Department of Orthopedics, and it is intended as an educational presentation for orthopedic surgeons and other physicians dealing with complex fractures of the distal tibia. Welcome. This presentation, entitled Tibial Plafond Fractures, How to Improve Your Results, is meant to be a brief update on some key concepts that will help you have better results with tibial plafond fractures. In most situations, however, when you encounter a highly comminuted tibial plafond fracture in a leg that is severely swollen, has red and white fracture blisters, and is severely traumatized, you'll be less concerned with improving your outcomes than you will simply staying out of trouble. For that reason, the key components of this presentation will be presented as a top five list, and you can consider it the top five ways in my practice to stay out of trouble when treating tibial plafond fractures. We'll begin with number five, which is make the spanning external fixture your friend. Spanning external fixation is an absolutely wonderful idea and invention for managing high-energy periarticular fractures. It can be applied to the distal femur, proximal tibia, distal radius, and of course, the distal tibia as well. You should utilize it and make it your friend. Applying a spanning external fixator across the distal tibia will stabilize the bone, allow you to pull the fracture out to length so that subsequent x-rays are easier to interpret and plan your definitive surgical treatment. Additionally, the spanning external fixator will stabilize the soft tissues, preventing pain, reducing swelling, and preventing additional damage from bone fragments that might be moving beneath the skin. Perhaps most importantly, spanning external fixator buys you time. Good application of a spanning external fixator allows you to wait before doing definitive reconstruction. Wait for the patient to be healthier, wait for the soft tissues to be healthier, and wait for the surgeon to have completed a good surgical plan. In applying the spanning external fixator, it doesn't matter what type of frame you use or what manufacturer's frame you use or whether you put pins in the calcaneus, the talus, or both. What is most important is only that you achieve two goals. First, you must assure that the tibia and fibula are pulled out to length. This is critically important for reconstruction as limbs and bones that are shortened for a period of one to two weeks will be exceedingly difficult to pull out to length at a later date. The second goal is that you must get the tibial, uh, I'm sorry, the tailor head and body centered underneath the tibia on both AP and lateral views. If you can pull this out to length and assure the talus is underneath the tibial shaft on both AP and lateral views, you have made the spanning external fixator your friend. Number four on our top five list is resist the temptation to make incisions on the limb in the acute period. Highly swollen legs with tibial plafond fractures, the presence of red and white fracture blisters and general trauma to the soft tissues are a strong indicator to the surgeon that the limb does not desire open surgery in the acute period. Deep abrasion, localized skin or muscle contusions, fracture blisters, and a severe fracture pattern are hallmarks of some of the highest energy closed fractures that there are. You must recognize that as soon as you've made an incision on the limb, you have limited 
where you can make incisions on the limb in the future. Whether you believe that incisions should be spaced five centimeters apart in the limb, or seven centimeters apart in the limb, or using some formula that has to do with the length of an incision compared to the width of the bridge between incisions, the fact remains that making any incision on the limb limits where you can make subsequent or future incisions. For that reason, if you have made the spanning external fixer your friend and you've accomplished the goals of getting the tailored body centered beneath the tibia on AP and lateral views and the limb is out to length, there is no need for you to make incisions on the limb in the acute period. It doesn't matter whether Rudy and Algauer or the AO handbook say you should plate the fibula, fibula in the acute period. If your fixator has accomplished its goals, there is no need to put a plate on the fibula or do other open procedures in the acute period. It simply burns bridges and not putting an incision on the limb in the acute period will leave all your options open for your subsequent reconstruction. Number three on our top five list of ways to stay out of trouble is to wait, 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 wait for definitive fixation of the limb. Be patient. You need not be in any hurry to do the definitive fixation in high energy tibial plafond fractures. If you have made the spanning fixer your friend, if you've avoided the temptation to put incisions on the limb in the acute period, you can wait two, three, sometimes even more weeks before doing definitive fixation of the tibial plafond fracture. The old adage goes that sticks and stones can break my bones, but in this case, the soft tissues will absolutely kill you. Doing a definitive reconstruction too early through a soft tissue envelope that is still compromised and is not yet ready for open surgery will result in wound dehiscence and a high likelihood of infection. Be patient. No matter how simple the fracture pattern is, don't allow it to lure you into an early definitive reconstructive surgery. Look at the soft tissues and don't ever commit to doing definitive reconstruction until the soft tissues are amenable. Number two on our top five list is stabilize both medial and lateral columns when you do definitive reconstruction. So when the time is right and the soft tissues are amenable for a definitive reconstruction, you should carry it out. And you should always stabilize both medial and lateral columns. By that, I refer to the, the fibula, which is also in co connected to the lateral side of the tibia and the medial side of the tibia. Those are the medial and lateral columns. It doesn't matter to a great degree how you stabilize those columns, but you should do so in every case. This could be through small fragment plates on the lateral malleolus and on the medial side of the tibia. It could be through large plates on the distal fibula and on the medial side of the distal tibia. It could be with a locking plate that attaches either to the anterolateral surface of the distal tibia or to the medial tibia. Uh, some would argue that a, la that a locking plate does not stabilize both columns, but I think clinical experience shows that when used properly, a locking plate placed on either side of the distal tibia can stabilize both columns. Finally, one should not forget that a medially applied external fixator is perfectly as good as a medially applied plate in stabilizing the medial column. Um, you should, if the soft tissues do not allow plating, one should not hesitate to achieve stability of one column 
through use of a, through continued use of an external fixator. It's probably important to recognize that lag screws alone do not constitute adequate stability of one or the other columns. I've seen many cases referred to my practice where the fibula will be plated with a compression plate and a lag screw in an anatomic fashion, and the medial column will be stabilized with just a few lag screws. Invariably, these fractures do well as long as the patient remains in a cast, but as soon as the cast is removed, the lag screw fixation fails <clears throat> and the fracture typically falls into varus alignment. And now for the number one on our list of top five ways to stay out of trouble when treating tibial plafond fractures. Be flexible in your choice of surgical approaches and techniques for definitive reconstruction. One size definitely does not fit all. It took me quite a while in my career to come to this realization, but I think it's very important. Early in my career, I used spanning external fixation and limited incision internal fixation with screws for almost all tibial plafond fractures. I believe this gave me the best outcomes, and I thought it lowered the complication rate in my patients. What I came to learn over the course of my career, however, was that some fractures did extremely well this way, and others maybe didn't do quite as well as I might have predicted. And it, I learned that the key to what did well and what did poorly was the soft tissues, not necessarily the bone. Certainly, some fractures were amenable to plate fixation and some were not, but even more importantly, was learning to predict and to ascertain which soft tissue envelope was ready and which one was not ready for internal fixation. Currently in my practice, I use a variety of techniques. And in the last six months, I've probably used uh, fixed tibial plafond fractures with small fragment plates and screws, with large fragment plates and screws, with a variety of locking plates and screws, either applied anterolaterally on the tibia or medially on the tibia, and with spanning external fixation and limited internal fixation. For me, one size does not fit all, and I've learned to be flexible in my treatment. The current algorithm in my practice for treating a tibial plafond fracture is that in the acute period, I apply a spanning external fixator. I use a medial half-pin external fixator, but there's nothing magical about that. It could be any external fixator. But in every case, I try to achieve the goals of getting the tibia and fibula out to length and getting the talus centered beneath the tibial shaft on both AP and lateral views. Once I've accomplished this, I elevate the patient's leg and I wait, usually 10 to 21 days, but sometimes even longer than three weeks. During this period of time, the patient often goes home. They're allowed to bathe with a fixator in place, and we mobilize them on crutches as much as they can. When they come back to the office and we make the decision regarding surgical treatment, it is based largely on the appearance of the soft tissues. If by two to three to four weeks after injury, soft tissue swelling has nearly subsided, the skin wrinkles and is nearly normal in appearance, I will consider treating the fracture then with open reduction and internal fixation with plates and screws. The only thing that would change my plan at that point would be if the fracture was so highly comminuted, I didn't think I could achieve a good reduction or good stability with plates and screws. And I would continue the external fixator and use screws for limited articular fixation. If, however, at that two or three or four week period, the soft tissues still remain swollen, uh, bad looking, 
blanched, red, fracture blisters haven't healed, or otherwise the soft tissue envelope looks bad. I consider that, after three to four weeks, to be a soft tissue envelope that is simply not going to get well enough in order to allow plate and screw fixation. In those patients, I will choose to leave the spanning external fixator in place, and through small incisions and using reduction aids and fluoroscopy as guides, uh, achieve articular reduction and fix it with a few leg screws. In both cases, I keep patients touchdown weight-bearing for two to three months, uh, and I remove the external fixator if it's present at about 12 weeks. Thus, in my practice, uh, the treatment algorithm depends almost entirely on the presence of the soft tissues two to three weeks after I've inserted the spanning external fixator. So to summarize, let me go through with you one more time my top five ways to stay out of trouble in treating tibial plafond fractures. Number five is make the spanning external fixator your friend. It's a wonderful device. Make use of it in these high energy injuries. It buys you time, it allows you to stabilize the bone and soft tissues, and if you can achieve the goal of getting the tibia and fibula out to length and getting the talus centered beneath the tibial shaft, you can wait a long time before doing definitive reconstruction. Number four is resist the temptation to make incisions on the limb in the acute period. If you have achieved the goals of spanning external fixation, there is no earthly reason, no matter what the AO manual tells you, that you must make an incision on the limb and plate the fibula. You should keep in mind that any incision you make on the limb will limit your choices for future incisions. And I choose to achieve my goals with the external fixator and leave all my options open for what incisions I make at the time of definitive reconstruction. Number three is wait, 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 wait for definitive fixation. If you've used the external spanning external fixator, if you have resisted the temptation to make incisions on the limb, it's okay to wait two or three or sometimes even four weeks for definitive reconstruction and let the soft tissues be your guide in this. Don't be lured by the bone and its favorable appearance to go in early to do plating. Number two is when you do do definitive fixation, be sure to stabilize both medial and lateral collars. Stabilizing one column alone will almost always fail. You can use plates and screws of various types, locking plates, or even retain the external fixator to stabilize one column. But be sure that you stabilize both medial and lateral columns. And finally, number one on the list is to be flexible in your choice of surgical approaches and techniques. One size definitely does not fit all in these injuries. You need, in order to provide optimal care for patients, to be able to do both plating and limited articular reduction with continuation of external fixation. And it's my strong advice to you to let the soft tissue status be your guide in which one you choose and never operate with large plates and screws through a compromised soft tissue element. Envelope. Thank you so very much for your attention. I hope this presentation has been helpful uh, and I enjoy talking to you again sometime in the future.